Hi there, and welcome to the Birth Story Therapist Podcast, a safe space for mamas and parents to share their birth stories, discuss common issues experienced with parenting, feel heard and validated, engage in discussion about the complexity of their motherhood journey, and how they manage their mental health while doing so. Come here every week to hear from other mamas who are just like you. Figuring it out one day at a time. Here from myself, Crystal, a licensed therapist and private practice owner of Southeast Perinatal Counseling that specializes in maternal mental health. I'll share helpful techniques to manage your mental health as you navigate motherhood, both in the perinatal and postpartum period, work through grief and trauma experiences, and most of all, ways to regain your sense of self. This is also the opportunity to hear from other professionals, both in the mental health space, birthing, and motherhood world. Professionals like lactation consultants, doulas, homeschooling experts, and organization specialists, just to name a few. While I like to think that this budding podcast is an extension of myself and practice, this is also yours. This podcast is for exploration acceptance, and self-compassion. I welcome you and hope you'll join me every Monday for a new episode. For now, follow me on Instagram at birthstory.therapist or connect with me at southeastperinatalcounseling.com. Hi there and welcome back to the Birth Story Therapist podcast. I'm Crystal, your host here, and I am thrilled to be able to come to you today uh, to bring you some helpful information and techniques about coping skills and self-care. So if you are unfamiliar, I always like to start off uh, when I'm speaking with clients and with listeners and those who are unfamiliar um, with a little bit of education. So the difference between coping skills and self-care is that coping skills are more so those activities or behaviors that we typically utilize in moments of stress. And so again, the key here is in moments of. And so you would typically see these sorts of behaviors or activities being done to decrease or Um, minimize or reduce um, any exposure that would further heighten or increase the stress that is present. Um, Whereas self-care, these are activities that are typically done on a regular basis. And so these activities are done with the intention of nurturing your emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, and intellectual well-being. And so in a later episode, I'm going to break those down a bit more um, to give you specific, um, maybe some tips and ideas of what um, individually those sorts of self-care can look like. Um, But again, with self-care, I often say that this is this is the maintenance, right? This is this is like that tune up that you do on your car or when you go get your tires rotated. It's something that you do regularly in order for you to be able to maintain. Right. Um, You wouldn't let your car go (laughs) 
for like miles and miles. Maybe back in college you would when you're like wanting to just hang out and stuff. But you typically wouldn't let your, your car just go without an oil change for a while, right? You would go and get it looked at and get it serviced in order for it to keep going. Um, and so that's that, that's really what I would like for you to know with regard to self-care. It's the thing that you do in order to keep going, right? You got to gotta get yourself serviced as well. Um, and so it's important for me to note that, um, you know, I want you to make sure that whatever you're using, whether it's um, music, if it's a breathing technique, if it's um being one with nature any and everything you can use whether it's a coping skill or it's a self-care activity that you're doing it and it is effective right and so oftentimes people throw around these terms like oh I I have this coping skill or I use this self-care routine and it gets me going and it puts me in a better mood but how then do we know if something is effective Right. And so when I speak of it being effective, I literally mean producing a result that lends itself to a favorable outcome. Right. So we want your mood to be regulated for you to feel better, your thoughts to move from a space of being negative to more neutral or positive. Or even if you think of it in terms of moving from being irrational and unrealistic to more rational, right? And that the behavior changes that you see are for the better. And so that's something to keep in mind. If the activities, the behaviors, whatever you're doing, whether it's again, a coping skill or a self-care routine or activity, that it is effective. I'm gonna talk about why right now that's so important. So sometimes I see clients using the same coping skills, right? Or they're participating in the same self-care activities, um, but they're using them to meet different needs. And that's not to say that listening to music won't help you cope and distress whenever you're angry. And it also can't help with managing sadness. But it is to say that not all techniques will be effective for all issues, right? And so I don't want you to walk away from this thinking, um, or if you've thought it before, I want you to, you know, shift your perspective. Um, And knowing that a self-care activity and a coping skill, it is not cookie cutter. It's not a one size fits all. The same thing that might be useful and effective over here for this issue that you're dealing with, it may or may not work for another issue that you're going through that might be quite difficult. And so I want you to keep that in mind. I always recommend allowing yourself to fully explore the different techniques um, that are out there. And so there are literally hundreds on hundreds of techniques that you can utilize um, to practice self-care Um, And then also, you know, to cope as well, whether it's to cope with um, anxiety or depression or um, if you're experiencing a trigger um, as it relates to trauma, um, 
or even your child screaming, <laughs> being a trigger, uh, or toys being all, all over the place and your, your house is a mess, whatever it may be, I want you to fully allow yourself to explore different techniques because you may find one that might be useful to you. Right. I was talking to a client recently who told me that they got into um, to sound. And so um, just being present with sounds that are going on around them and um, even doing some sound work on their own um, has become quite um, comforting in times of stress for them. And so, and they never thought that they would do that, right? Like they, their go-to um, was typically to just do the traditional um, things that we commonly hear about, um, but they found something else. And so I would encourage you to do the same, to look at what might also be out there. Um, and I'll put a list on my blog to common um, coping skills and self-care activities within the next week. So you can find that there and I'll put a, put a reminder on the next episode, um, where you can find that. Um, but yeah, just making sure that whatever you're using is effective. Um, so I want you to be mindful also that if you're using a coping skill, that it should be addressing a need right? Again, a coping skill is in the moment you are experiencing some type of stress and you need something, um, be it a skill or a technique, whatever word you'd like to use in order to address said need. And so I mentioned this point because sometimes we distract ourselves. Let's say we are having a spat with our spouse or um, our kid is... (laughs) being disrespectful and saying they don't want to clean their room and you have baby over here who you're trying to get ready for bed and the other one doesn't want to clean their room whatever stressful situation you might be in um you might then go and just sit in front of a tv and just binge out on a ton of episodes of your favorite i don't know netflix series Um, But the thing to be mindful of here is you may be just distracting yourself and not fully allowing yourself to be um, one with your emotions. And so when I mean by one with your emotions, I literally mean sitting with them. And so to break that down a bit, because I know we often hear sit with your emotions. Are you working through (laughs) your emotions? And what that looks like is really being intentional about identifying what emotion is present and not rejecting that emotion, really allowing yourself to feel it. And again, yes, feel anger, feel sadness, feel disappointment. Um, And I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Sometimes we think that those uncomfortable emotions are um they're horrible they're bad and oh no and yes they do not feel good and we'd much rather be happy and feel joy and contentment and things like that but your negative emotions also tell you quite a bit right they tell you that there's something going on that needs to be addressed that there's an unmet need and so it's really important that we not try and um just use maladaptive coping skills in order to um, distract ourselves, right? And so that, again, is not to say <laughs> that we need to um, 
you know, be in difficult situations and um, just experience an enormous amount of distress. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Right. Like, we don't want you to run yourself into the ground (laughs) if, if you're experiencing a trigger. But what I am saying is it is not healthy to. Um, not be able to sit with your emotions in a way that allows you to one accept them two process them and explore where you can go from there right and so the goal there isn't for you to wallow away in whatever anger or sadness or disappointment or inadequacy that you're feeling but it is for you to allow yourself to like really, really just feel it and to give yourself permission that it's okay that I, I've experienced this difficult situation, right? Um, that this emotion isn't something that has to stay here. It's very temporary, but it also gives you an opportunity to um, kind of sort of put this skill in your toolbox because we know that you're going to face another situation that's going to be difficult. But the beautiful thing here is you're able to look back on this situation and say, wow, you know, I really allowed myself to sit with my, you know, disappointment that I was feeling about my kids snapping on me when I told them to go clean their room. And um, I know what to do now. You know, I know how to process it because I really allowed myself to, to, to actually work through that emotion that I was feeling. And so again, yes, go binge out on Netflix, (laughs) go do those things, but allow yourself to, you know, feel your emotions um, as well. Yeah. And so again, um, coping skills can be helpful, um, but we want to make sure that you're not distracting yourself um, or avoiding when it comes to certain things. The same thing goes for self-care as well, right? The goal for these techniques isn't to avoid or leave needs unmet, but instead to cater to what needs need to be nourished. And so if we jump into coping skills a little bit more, I want to be able to differentiate, and I'm going to do this uh, more in depth on another episode, but there are two types of coping skills. So there are positive coping skills, what which is what we're going to be talking about here. But there are also negative or defense coping mechanisms or coping skills. Um, And again, I'll break that down in a later episode. But it's really important just to note that sometimes we um, may be using a coping skill and we may think that it's positive, but in actuality, it is um, negative or it's more of a defensive um, mechanism. Um, And so an example, because again, I'm not going to get into it, but I might go on a rant here. Um, And so one example might be, and again, I'm not going to get too in depth in this, but one example might be um, displacement, right? And so mama, if you're frustrated and, you know, you've been dealing with trying to manage the house and your job and work and you know, your kids and your spouse and everything like that. And you get frustrated. And instead of, you know, working through that frustration and, you know, accepting it and really processing that there are needs that are being unmet and it's because you're trying to juggle everything, 
you might go and take that frustration out on someone else, right? So we know that that is an example of a um, a negative or a defensive mechanism. Another defensive coping skill or mechanism might be denial. So um, a mama or couple who may have experienced a loss and um, are really struggling with accepting that this has happened. Um, we know that that can also be be one as well. Um, and so again, I'm going to get into those a little bit more um, in depth in another episode, but I wanted to just be able to just at least say here that yes, while we are talking about coping skills, it's important to note that sometimes we often use a coping skill that we think is effective or we think might be helpful, but in actuality, it is Um, not serving us in the best way. And so some examples of positive um, and helpful coping skills may be support. So talking to a supportive family member, friend, attending therapy, joining a support group. These are all really great ways to manage stress. Um, This is also helpful because um, we know that sometimes when you are stressed out, when I've been stressed out, sometimes isolation can happen, right? And you, instead of talking and expressing yourself and what's going on and affecting you, you might internalize the situation, overthink some things, right? There may be some emotional reasoning there where you may be Um, very closely associating the negative situation and the emotions present with who you are as a person. And we know that this further increases stress. It does the opposite of what we want to actually happen. And so again, support is extremely valuable. Um, And with support, we also know that it needs to be trusting. It needs to be a safe space. And so I always encourage those just as I'm encouraging you to find your tribe, right? Find the people, um, the things, the resources that you can really pour into and they can pour into you um, so that you are, you know, being met where you are when you have these unmet needs um, and need to cope when you're going through a difficult situation. Another effective and oftentimes um, common coping skill that's used is meditation and breathing techniques. Um, Breathing techniques and meditation allow for you to really just slow down um, your heart rate. You're more present. So, right? So, you're here in the present, in the here and now. Your body is centered and aligned. There are many different ways that you can be, um, that you can utilize. Meditation and breathing techniques are also another very helpful um, coping skill to utilize. With these, it really allows you to slow down your heart rate, um, your blood pressure is lowered, you're really present in the here and now, your body is centered, And again, this is useful um, because it can do so many great things for anxiety, for depression, um, for just a number of um, different issues that may have you um, dysregulated. And so I would encourage you, if you haven't done any breathing 
exercises, guided meditations, um, body muscle relaxation. There are a ton of apps out there um, that can really, really get you to practicing this useful coping skill. Conflict resolution is another coping skill. We know that sometimes relationships can be difficult to manage. And when there is um, situations or are situations that present um, challenges in relationships, sometimes conflict resolution um, can be quite helpful with coping through those difficult moments. So um, looking at how you are asserting yourself and how you are speaking. So I statements, whether you're being aggressive or not, um, can be very impactful as well. Grounding techniques, hobbies, stretching, um, assessing expectations, avoiding triggers, music. These are all really great coping skills as well. And if we look at self-care, some examples that you may commonly know of are things like getting your hair done, getting your nails done, um, taking hot showers, doing a face mask, maybe getting um, a massage. There are a ton of um, monetary things or things that you go out and do, um, but there are also other things as well that can be related to self-care. Things like listening to your body, advocating for you and your sweet child, taking care of your basic needs, um, again, getting social support, setting boundaries, resting without needing to be productive first, <laughs> asking for help before you get overwhelmed, right? So again, this is that maintenance piece that we spoke of earlier. Blocking out all things that are invalidating. That could be social media. That could also mean people. Eliminating toxicity. Again, people, things. Developing realistic daily goals or intentions. Making decisions that work for you and your family, despite what tradition or hype tells you. Turning your phone off. Creating space for what you desire right? There are so many others. Self-care can be so beautiful, which is why I'm going to spend um, on our next episode talking specifically about how self-care breaks down a little bit more. But this is something that can be quite intentional and useful for you to utilize each week. Um, and I really want you to get in the mode of knowing that self-care doesn't have to be something that has to be um, extravagant right like sometimes hot showers just what it does for your body it just allows you to um, really feel your skin and um, feel the warmth on your body and allows you that time just to be present with your senses and everything that's going on when you take a hot shower um, so there I mean there's so many so many things um, journaling. So this can be a coping skill. It can also be a self-care activity. I went ahead and uh, placed this at the end because I really wanted to spend some time breaking down journaling and just how effective it can be both for coping as well as self-care. Also has some exciting news at the end that I'd love to be able to share with you. Uh, so journaling. 
This allows you to not just assess your mood, but also process your mood as well, right? It can also allow you to explore any intentions or for those who like to use the word goals, any goals that you have as well. These goals and intentions can be as it relates to your values, to your expectations, your experiences, your thoughts, your behaviors, your mood, your relationships. I mean, any and everything, right? Also assessing and processing, but not stopping there. Also challenging the negative thoughts that you might have as well as the negative self-talk as well right? Because we know that that inner critic can sometimes be hella destructive in who we are and the things that we, you know, want to accomplish within motherhood and within who we are just as, as individuals. Journaling can help you, um, by encouraging you to be aware of your experiences, your thoughts, as well as your emotions. And so self-awareness we know is extremely valuable when it comes to maintaining um, your overall health, be it spiritual, physical, emotional, um, mental, intellectual. Being self-aware is incredibly important because again, when those needs go unmet, You're privy already because you're in tune with who you are and the things that you're experiencing. And so journaling also allows you to do that as well, right? Some helpful tips to journaling, write wherever you feel comfortable. And so I always like to tell clients and individuals that this is so important because if you aren't comfortable, your writing is going to reflect that or you're going to totally have a mental block, right? And so (laughs) what I mean by that is one, remove distractions. If you're journaling, but you're in front of the TV or you're journaling and you got kids running around or you're journaling and you're also like trying to watch I don't know your favorite Netflix series like no remove all you're strolling on Twitter scrolling on Twitter or on Instagram no move your distractions set the mood however you want to like if you want to journal in bed journal in bed right with your cuffy loungewear on if you want to journal on your back porch with the sun hitting your face and the warmth on your skin, journal there. If you want to journal on the floor in your closet, do that. (laughs) But be comfortable wherever you are so that you can fully allow yourself to, you know, not be limited um, to the things that are around you that may be hindering your writing and your ability to fully express yourself. Another tip is don't feel constrained to structure your writing in a particular way. Literally see your pen and paper, your pencil and journal. If you journal in your phone, wherever, see it as a blank canvas and really allow yourself to be as creative as you need to be. Sometimes I'll find myself writing and then midway through, I'll just like 
start drawing something and I am not the best artist. I am not the best illustrator. I wouldn't even call myself those things. But that's the beautiful thing about journaling is you can express yourself in so many different ways, right? oftentimes bring up children when I talk about journaling to to adults because children I mean the mind is incredibly powerful and so beautiful and I feel like children really allow themselves to just be free and journaling can be so effective and so cathartic for adults as well if they too allow themselves to be free and so again don't feel like you have to structure your writing in a particular way No, just allow your pen to move and don't second guess yourself. Be consistent with journaling. This is another tip. What I mean by this is schedule your journaling. I'm not saying that you got to do it at 8 a.m. every morning or 5 a.m. every morning or 10 at night every... No, what I mean by that is have a general idea that... You are going to fit in journaling in the morning, in the evening, at lunch, after your meal, like whenever, but schedule it in your day, right? It's so important to do these things. It all goes back to self-care as well. Like we know that as mamas, we sometimes struggle with getting in me time. And I often tell my clients like, no, schedule it in and structure it in your day so that you can get these things done that are important to you, right? Like that's just as important as preparing dinner for your family, like being able to work through your thoughts and your experiences and the emotions that come with being a mama and come with being a person, Another tip is keeping your journal private. And so sometimes this can seem odd to those who are not um, into journaling or who don't have experience with journaling. Um, You don't have to keep a lock on it or anything (laughs) like that, like those middle school uh, diaries or anything from childhood. But I mentioned this as a tip because allowing yourself to keep your journal private will allow you to be confident in accepting what and how you are expressing yourself with your writing. This also helps you to reject the idea that it has to make sense to anyone else. The whole point of this, again, is for you to be able to work through the things that happen in your life. And so if you keep it private, the expectation isn't for it to be politically correct or, again, for it to make sense to the next person. Like, no, it makes sense to you. It fits within um, the scope of your understanding, and that's enough. And so again, when it is shared with other people or, you know, it's just laying around for everyone to explore and then you discuss it, you know, you may feel shame, you may feel disappointment if they don't understand you or what it is that you're expressing. And so maintaining a certain level of privacy with regard to your journal um, can be quite helpful. Don't judge yourself for the things that you write. (laughs) 
this should be a safe space for you. And so much like therapy and you being able to connect with your provider and it being a safe space where you feel um, unconditional um, positive regard and you feel accepted, the same thing goes for your journal, right? Like you shouldn't feel shame or guilt about the things that you say to yourself, right? Like if you allow that inner critic to um, demonize or (laughs) to ridicule um, or scrutinize the things that you truly feel or you think um, then how can you really move through them or how can you really work through them and the truth is you honestly can and so I would encourage you just to be mindful um, to be mindful of that right and so another tip for you is um, don't set unrealistic expectations What I mean by this is you don't have to write pages on pages on pages on pages. (laughs) You also don't have to write for an hour or feel like, you know, you're, you're writing a novel. Like, no. If you allow yourself, let's say 15 minutes, okay, 15 minutes for some mamas and for some families can be like, whew. Where the hell am I going to pull out 15 minutes in my day? I totally get it. I totally understand. But 15 minutes makes more sense than saying to yourself, okay, I need to set aside an hour a day to journal and to really, you know, like allow yourself to do whatever it is that works best for you. And so if it's 15 minutes, let it be 15 minutes. If it's five minutes, let it be five minutes. But be realistic about the things that are happening in your life in order for you to be able to meet yourself where you're at for journaling. And so I wanted to be able to say you you don't have to go overboard. You don't have to, you know, create something out of um, a very busy and chaotic um, life. If you only have five minutes in your day or 15 minutes in your day, then mama, that is enough for you to be able to to get whatever it is you need to say out. And if you need to do five minutes here, five minutes there, you know, you make you make this whatever you need to make it. Using a guided journal, this can be so helpful as guided journals cover many different areas and it is um more of a fluid um, exploration of the the things you may be going through in your life. It allows you to really work on that stress and um, move through it in a way that um, is very thoughtful and considerate. And so guided journals, again, are a beautiful way to Um, really work through anxiety, depression, anger, I mean, sadness, disappointment, all of life's experiences that come with, you know, being a human, being a mama, Um, which brings me to my last and final point. I developed a guided journal specifically for mamas, and it is called Practically Unpacking. 
you can find it on Amazon again that is practically unpacking and so I saved this journal for last because um, again not only is journaling a coping skill but it's also a way to practice self-care and yeah my journal it is 52 weeks of prompts that cover so many different areas areas like how to find your sense of self in motherhood um, negative self-talk negative thoughts social media relationship changes what else mom guilt perfectionism boundaries I could be here listing there are so many um, but it really gets you in the mode to um, one be encouraged but then also challenge yourself to explore your experiences thoughts and emotions while being validated and affirmed at the same time and so the beautiful thing about practically unpacking is uh, it does allow you to unpack the many things that happen throughout motherhood but in a very um, practical or um, everyday um, simplistic type of way that meets you exactly where you are and it's a beautiful um, not just journal but uh, I like to think of it as self-discovery and um, it brings a whole lot of hope into your motherhood journey and so I'm really excited about it and thankful to be able to bring it to you and hope that you will purchase one for yourself or gift it to a mama who may um, be into journaling or just may be into exploring different coping and self-care ideas and so yeah you can pick that up on Amazon Again, that journal is called Practically Unpacking. You can also go to my website and there's a link that'll take you to Amazon to purchase it. Really excited. <laughs> so glad to be able to bring um, more content and more resources to mamas and couples out there who may be struggling within motherhood, be it just due to difficult issues or because of a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. Um, so yeah, really excited to have spent this episode with you and look forward to talking with you on our next episode about um, the breakdown of self-care. So excited. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. As always, it's important for me to note that this podcast does not replace being connected or receiving therapeutic services from a licensed mental health clinician. If you are experiencing a life-threatening emergency, please call 911 or go to your local emergency room. You can also find additional resources on episode two, one being postpartum.net, where you can get connected with support groups, as well as therapists, psychiatrists, other providers within your community that may be of service to you on your motherhood journey. Again, that resource is postpartum.net, but you can find additional ones on episode two. Thank you.